I don't think they've announced it yet. Um, there was rumors of Idris. Um, and then I thought they were going female for a while. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I haven't watched a James Bond film in years. Wait a minute. So you haven't seen none of the, the Craig ones? I saw Skyfall. What's it called? Oh, Is it Skyfall? Bro, Bond Bond movies Bond movies don't move me. <laughs> Bond don't move me. Bond movie don't move. I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. It never. I don't know. The only one I really rock with is what my my Bond is Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce! Yeah. Oh, because of gold mask. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, used to take people out with that dang shot. I'm gonna tell my kids that's that's James Bond. That's my James Bond. And don't do Craig like that. Nah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just never. <laughs> not my Spider Man. Not my. <laughs> Facts. That boy was tweaking. Facts. Um, not my James Bond. I like Pierce was cool too. Pierce was yeah. Pierce was dope. We'll, we'll work on that. Oh, you know what? I touch. Go I know ahead. we can replace that. No, no, no. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's uh, take it away, G. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't know what Dane's cooking up, but you are now listening to episode 990. We made it to episode 90 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my ace, my guy, my best man, my brother, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing on this eventful Thursday, man? It's uh, It was a crazy day in sports, but how, how are you doing? Doing really good. Doing really good. Um, the Duo. The duo, man. Uh, the duo. It's, uh, it's not just a name. It's a, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> the duo. So, yeah, this has been pretty good, man. Pretty eventful in a good way. Um, yeah, man. I, I Trying to keep up with all the things that's happening in the offseason. We were just, just talking about how we're in the dead of sports just news. Like, just last episode. Yep. Just last episode. And now, like, like everything just like... Be careful! Oh. Be careful what you ask for. They said, but hey, this is this is great for guys like us that you know just kick back and talk about everything <laughs> straight up, oh, barbers- straight up barbershop talk, if you will. Thanks. Um, Thanks. But yeah, man, uh, episode ninety, the what, Javon Curse episode. Ooh, uh, like who else was number ninety? Um, T.J. Watt is ninety. T.J. Watt should have been a Dallas Cowboy. Mm. Still pissed off about that. Who'd y'all pick instead? Freaking Taco Charles. <laughs> wasn't he number ninety? Nah, oh, okay. You know, I don't remember what number that dude was. I don't want to. I don't want to remember that. Ninety seven. It never happened. I think it was ninety seven. I don't remember, but it's not his fault. He got drafted when he was drafted. But it's literally, it's in your face. All you have to do is pick the guy who has NFL bloodlines right there. Yeah. But he's not a scheme fit. We don't yeah, know if he can put his hand in the dirt. Seeing how Michael Parsons is going ham right now for you guys. I mean, in the long yeah. run, you could say it kind of worked out, but you could have potentially had, had both, both of those, those guys, um, which would have been a havoc, you know, for any offense going to go, going up against the Cowboys. Stupid. Um, Stupid. But, yeah, man, um, crazy, crazy sports day. If you haven't followed already, like, Dane and I always have a list of topics that we share in our I, iCloud notes. And it changed like three or four times in the past yeah. 24 hours. Um, over the past, I'd say 48 to 72 hours, our whole rundown changed dramatically. So, give you guys oh, before, yeah, before we get dive into it, just a breakdown of what to expect 
on this episode of the duo. Also, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. Um, give us a good rating. Five stars on Apple, five stars on Spotify. They do it as well. And Dane, for the first time in a while, long time, I'm going to tell the people on YouTube, go ahead and like, subscribe, all that at the beginning. And we're still going to give you good content, but that'd be great for us to get our, our reach to other people that haven't heard of the duo so they can get some of this good content. You know what I'm talking about? Got to do it right here. Yeah, right here. Yeah. You don't know if the like button. <laughs> Go ahead, hit that like and subscribe share, share, button. Share, share it with your friends. Like, hey, man, yeah. I know this I know this team, the duo, they, they talk about good stuff, good content. They've had great guests, all that good jazz. Um, But, yeah, today we're going to talk about the crazy college football news with USC and UCLA, as of about an hour ago, they formally <laughs> about an hour ago, they formally announced that they were going to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. Um, we'll talk about what that means for, you know, the TV deals, the other conferences in play. And yes, Dane has given us the, the Manziel money the hands. Yeah, the Manziel money that's, hands. That's got to be the dopest for as much hate as Buddy got from myself included, yeah. that probably had to be one of the dopest celebrations. Like, because everybody knows what this is. Everybody, right. it's not you a, can't get confused. A, it crosses all language barriers and culture. Bar- yeah, you, dope. you already know what that is. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, and then NBA news, man. You know, a few days ago we had the Kyrie deciding to opt in. A lot of people were like, "Okay, Brooklyn's going to run it back with Kyrie and KD." KD woke up this morning with other ideas, um, deciding that, you know, he was done in Brooklyn and he has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Right now it's saying that his preferred destinations are in Miami or Phoenix, which like every every single it seems like the offseason in both the NBA and NFL trumps what happens in like the excitement, the headline grabbing you know social media blow-ups uh of the end season things and so uh right now we're still trying to figure out what's gonna go i'm like literally refreshing the timeline as i'm talking uh (laughs) to make sure i don't miss any breaking news the next the next big right right and so we have kd that you know declared for a trade um and then we'll try to talk on some free agency moves because today was the start of NBA free agency. A lot of big moves already gone down in, in the past three hours. And then in our nerdy news segment, we'll finally talk about the boys so far season three. We'll talk about mm-hmm. Thor love and thunder. Um, the critics have already seen it. The people that get to see it early, all that stuff. I didn't really see many look at many reviews on Twitter, not reviews, but you know how they do the little, yeah, breakdowns or what they saw. Great, yeah. man, you guys. They rub it in our face. They take our noses and rub it. Hey guys, man, you guys are gonna love this when you see it two months from now. Yeah, like, yeah. Gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So even though it's coming out next week, right? So. Come, it'll come out next week. It'll be our last episode before the movie drops. So we'll give our thoughts on that. Um, what else we got? We got the uh, yes, dang. I think I, you just put it in here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the DCEU animated universe updates. Yes, I have watched a few movies since our last episode. And yes, Dane, I will talk about that. Finally, Dane is, has a smile on his face. I'm happy to oblige. And I'm happy to make my duo friend proud here. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Marvel, Here's some joy. Marvel Studios Here's going joy. to uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is next month. So... Obviously, we'll probably see some new stuff that they'll talk about there. And then we'll close it out talking about EA Sports 
reaching out to some schools on the upcoming college football game next year. But yeah, the, the biggest headline, one of the biggest headlines today, Dane, and I will be reading from a few articles here to kind of give people a glimpse if they so happen oh, yeah. to not open their apps to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Um, it was originally a tweet from John Wilner. Um, mm-hmm. And the tweet was basically saying source sources are telling him that the uh, USC and UCLA are going to head to the PAC 12 or excuse me, to the big 10 as soon as 2024. Then all these big uh media giants like the athletic ESPN were confirming these reports. And as of, like I said, about an hour ago, both USC and UCLA made statements, but the first one was um, this article from the athletic saying that USC and UCLA will leave the PAC 12 for the big 10 in 2024. The move will come at the conclusion of the PAC 12's existing media rights arrangement uh, Big Ten presidents and athletic directors held a meeting last night on the topic and voted Thursday on the additions. And the two new member schools made official announcements on Thursday night with a start date of August 2nd, 2024. Not that far away. Not that far away. And a lot of saw before I get let you get to it, Dan, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talk about how this all happened in a day. And there's no way, no way it's how it's been going it's been on growing. for months. And it's about this time last year, Dane, that Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were heading to the SEC from the Big 12. And so this is like the second domino, if you will, of what we've seen as a major shift in the college football landscape. Um, In the future, there are a lot of speculation about mega conferences. And like you had mentioned at the beginning of this pod, bro, it's all about the dollar bills and the money and the TV deals and everything like that. So when you first saw this, what were you thinking? My first thought was like, dang, that's going to be a long flight. Yeah. Five hours, go all the way to the shoe, get your behinds whooped, and then go back home. <laughs> that's going to be tough. But also, the second thought for me was, I wonder if Lincoln Riley knew about this. If that's this was their bargaining chip. He, like, he, he has tweeted about it. Yeah. Look, man, uh, Lincoln, we appreciate you for coming to meet with us. We understand that you're under contract uh, there with OU, but... We might have some uh, pretty lucrative ideas uh, in the process, in the works, if you will. Perhaps a super conference situation. Now, I don't mean to be frank, but there's a lot of money involved. My head, something had to go down because for these dominoes to fall in the way that they did, no way. Um, So in the spirit of me having my tinfoil do-rag on, yes, I think that that he had to know. and of course, this might not affect some of the players that are currently on the roster right now, because of course, some of them might be in, you know, long gone in the pros or on with their lives. But 2024 is not that far away. I mean, when you look at the projection, the Power Five uh, average payout estimates in the mains for you know your your Big Ten, your SEC, Big Twelve, Pack, and ACC, the numbers are staggering. We're in the hundreds of millions in, of projections. Um, by 2029. So I don't know. I don't know what this means for college football, but I'm hella excited for it. Yeah. You know, and so. if, if, if you're the big 10 at this mm-hmm. point, you're in the arms race, right? When sec announced that they were bringing Oklahoma and Texas over last year. And so this move, uh, it, it's, it's not surprising in the, in the fact that it happened. I think mm-hmm. 
the fact that it happened so quickly to our knowledge, but it's been happening behind right. the scenes, right? With nobody knowing, but the fact that it was they leaked, it was, it was so le- yeah, it was leaked today, announced today, formalities, everything, Twitter posts, announcements, articles, all that thing announced today. Um, and for you know the Big Ten trying to keep up with the SEC when all these media deals, it's like a race between ESPN and um what they have going on with the SEC and Fox with the Big Ten. It's becoming more and more apparent that it looks like we're heading to two conferences, um, you know, leading the way as far as media deals and money, because right now they're neck and neck with, like you mentioned, $100 million deals with these TV companies and revenue. And so you have teams like that are left on the outside as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. You have Oregon and Washington, which rumors are saying that they can make the jump to the Big Ten too. So it's, it's getting to that point to where conferences like the big 12 could they potentially where last year they were on kind of like how the pac 12 was feeling when the sec mm. rated the big 12. Now they're on the other end of that, where they could potentially take teams from the pac 12, maybe those Arizona schools, uh, Colorado, Utah. We already have uh, BYU coming in Cincinnati, Houston, and central Florida. And so for a school or excuse me, a conference like the big 12, this is the time for them to be aggressive. They just announced, and which was also on our rundown that, you know, got completely waxed with all this news. We had, we we're going to talk about the Big 12 commissioner coming in, um, Brett Yormark from <laughs> Rock Nation, C- COO of Rock Nation coming in. And he literally, day one, he, he, he walks into his office like, what am I doing? Like, what do I need to do? And obviously this drops. <laughs> and so you would imagine like conferences like the Big 12, um, are on the phone trying to get the other left behind Pac-12 schools to join because that would essentially you would have, uh, in in my opinion, say for instance if Oregon you would think Oregon and maybe Washington joins you know uh, USC and UCLA mm-hmm. in the Big Ten and they would want to form a you know the conference big a big conference presence on the West Coast, right? And so you leave schools like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. <laughs> Um, that could be a good potential fit for the Big 12 because you have BYU right there, Utah, mm-hmm. or not Utah, um, what am I thinking of? BYU, and then you have those Texas schools right there in the middle, right. and then you're like getting that whole Southern belt with Central Florida and Houston. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but I think for sure the Big 12 has to be aggressive right now and um trying to <laughs> trying to secure interest because it's it's rapidly changing Dan. it's rapidly yeah. changing um and something else of note which i saw let me see if i can find the potential article yes find the car facts. um well it was just a tweet but it was basically saying how Apple is reaching out to the Big Ten for oh, yeah. partnerships yeah. and things like that. I know we, I know we stopped those negotiations. Yeah. However, prematurely, we were wrong. We're willing to make this right. Right. <laughs> and I'm curious to see how that's going to go, what that looks like now. And I wonder if the yes or yesterday's price is not today's price, and vice versa. Like what yeah. that's going to be like on the what that's going to be like on the negotiating table. Because, you know, it's all about the money. Unfortunately, it's, it's yeah. all going to be about the money. But hopefully that is funneled in some which way back to the student athletes who make this all possible. Yeah, You would think this would make more opportunities for NIL in a way that, you know, of course, we know the schools can't directly play the pay the players. But 
um, in an aspect where they can, yeah, they can kind of get the money to them. But um, from the athletic director of USC, Mike Bond, he says, ultimately, the Big Ten is the best home for USC and Trojan athletics as we move into the new world of collegiate sports. We're excited that our values align with the league's member institutions. We also will benefit from the stability and strength of the conference, the athletic caliber of Big Ten institutions, the increased visibility, exposure, and resources the conference will bring our student athletes and programs, and the ability to expand engagement with our passionate alumni nationwide. Um, UCLA with a similar <laughs> statement, how their their school aligns with what the Big Ten is trying to do. And <laughs> what were you saying? I just think it's funny how you when you go through these press releases and they say all the they say all the right things and then they list all the accolades at the end about you know the, all the Rose Bowl appearances, all the wins, and you know the amount of athletes that have turned professional. And at the very end, the very end, they say, "By the way, we actually posted the highest ever uh, NCAA graduation success rate of ninety two percent." And you would think if it were like student athlete, the student part should go first, the student accolade should go first, but they put that last. Like, yeah. by the way, we're still a we're still a, a reputable no, academic. No, the Big uh, Ten is like one of those conferences that really take into account the mm-hmm. academic standing. Um, they do. The tier one uh, institutions like a Stanford, um, I believe USC and UCLA obviously fit those standards. But the uh, Purdue Baylor just got to that tier one status not too long ago. Um, but. If you, another question, Dane, and a lot of people really don't think about this, and this is like I haven't really seen anybody talk about this, is on like let's, a more let's talk about it, B. Let's talk about it. B. <laughs> we got the student athletes, of course, at these conference or at these institutions that get left behind in um right. in these conference realignments and things like that. Okay. But hypothetically, if the conference like last year we thought the Big Twelve was gonna fold. And if they if we see more of the shift towards these mega conferences, some conferences will fold. And so you right. think about all those people that it affects, like the schools, of course, but then those people that work for the for these conferences like the Pac-12, right. the Pac-12 network. Like if we go down this road where all these Pac-12 schools get pushed away, which, of course, Pac-12 came out with a statement that, you know, they were surprised and shocked. I mean, that's what they're supposed to say. And they'll do everything in their power to um, expand. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what they're supposed to say, right? They're not supposed to sit silent and be like, oh, we're folding, right? But hypothetically, if they fold, you think about all those people that lose their jobs, their families, people that like this trickle-down effect of everything that's happening on the national scale. where The economic side. Right. And now we see where college football is changing from something that used to be really, you know, in certain regions, you know, in the West, you always had the PAC 12 and mm-hmm. SEC is always Southeast. Uh, Big 12 is always South to Midwest, you know, like that's obviously with ACC. everything that's going to change. ACC is on the coast. Right. On, on the <laughs> East coast. And so those, those things are going to be a thing of the past and we'll see a lot of rivalries right. gone, except, you know, like, the USC UCLA rivalry always be there, but the conference right. rivalries that we've always seen are, you know, some of those are going to get washed away. So it's going to be interesting to see the ongoing, ongoing continual battle between these conferences is like a doggy dog kind of world right now. But, um, man, man, it's intense. It's change is grand. And hopefully this change is not only, not only benefits these people at the top, but also I hope 
for the most part that it benefits the student athletes because they're the ones that make this possible. So as long as they, that, as long as that philosophy or respect for them and honoring them doesn't get you know fall on deaf ears, and this this whole thing is good good news for me. Yeah. And, you know, with with everything, (laughs) I wish I could have, like, saved them all. But everything, every time something happens in the sports world that's, you know, that breaks Twitter, so to speak, there's always these gifs and commentary that's always so funny. And a couple of them were, like, imagining, uh, you know, how it's always the big noon kickoff for, like, Big Ten Mm -hmm. games. Like, it'll literally be, like, a 9 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or, like, uh, like a... I saw, like, I think it was a barstool UCLA tweeted when the flight attendant, flight, the first thing the flight attendant says when we land in Nebraska, it says, like, welcome to corn, like, you know, the corn huskers. And um, another one was just talking about, it's, it's so crazy, though, bro, because if you think about the schools that don't participate in football, we know the football games are on Saturdays, not right. in the midweek, but you have those other sports like basketball, everything except football that usually play games midweek. And so right. if you're a student flying halfway across the country, literally across the country Ooh, Friday, in the middle of a Friday week, is going to be a beat. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's tough, man. So those are obstacles, obviously that the conferences are going to try to figure out or have to figure out, but yeah, man, it's, it's an ever changing landscape and, like they had mentioned before, it won't be the first domino. We'll see more teams try to do what's right for them and try to find a safe haven. Um, right. right now, everybody's looking at Oregon and Washington, right? Because if, if you're them, you're not sitting in the Pac-12 with no UCLA and no USC, right? Even if you get schools like I think I saw like San Diego State mentioned, like mm-hmm. they're obviously not going to bring in that type of revenue for the conference that – a UCLA, a USC does. And so this is exactly like the situation that the big 12 schools were in last year, right? When Texas mm-hmm. and OU announced um, that they were heading to SEC. Um, and we had mentioned this on the last episode, Dane, and we've mentioned it a lot over the fa- past few months since Texas and OU announced that they were going to the SEC. Um, they're supposed to go in 2025. And, mm-hmm. There have been rumors and discussions that, you know, it could potentially be moved earlier. But now with the Big Ten saying USC and UCLA will start in 2024, do you think, I'm asking you right off top, do you think Texas and OU make that move? Like, all right, we got to we gotta get Texas and OU in here by 2024 because that's when the Big, Twin, Big Ten is going to have USC and UCLA. Gotcha. Perfect, perfect analogy for you. Perfect analogy for you. You know, you mess up, do something um, dumb when you were a kid, and your parents might be like, all right, you know you're gonna either get a whooping before you go to school, or you know you're gonna get a whooping when you come home. Now that ass whooping is gonna happen. It's just a matter of when it's gonna happen. And you be thinking about so, it all day, yeah, all day. Or just get it out the way, and then you know go to your first period class. You know, just tears roll the night. So I say that to say this: UT and OU, they gonna get that ass whooped when they go to the SEC. It's just a matter of when, how soon they want it to happen. <laughs> so will it be 2024 or 2025? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. So, so I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. In terms of moving to new conferences, what do you think the biggest curve, I wouldn't say learning curve, I need a, a better, better, in terms of competitiveness, what do you think the most challenge is going to be for either of these two um, groups of teams 
um, you're talking about your California teams or, you know, your, your big 12 teams. Um, what kind of challenges do you think they might face in terms of assimilating into a culture of, you know, success and championships? How's that going to work? So, yeah, that's a great question. I think for right now, USC is in a great position football wise. Um, they got a great coach in Lincoln Riley for <laughs> what people may think about him. He's proven that, you know, he snake. Yeah, besides, besides <laughs> you know, all the things that people are saying about him now, but he is a, right. a great football mastermind, you know, and I think what he's already done with the USC program before he's gotten on the field with them, um, mm-hmm. bringing over uh, Caleb Williams from USC, um, a lot of recruits that they brought in, transfers as well, old boy Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh. That was that was That was big, huge. right? And they're, they're loaded, right? And you would think – you know, well, if it's 2024, uh, Caleb might not be there by then, but you would think that they have more ammo coming in. They've got Malachi Nelson, actually, another five-star quarterback that's coming in. Um, the talent level for USC is obviously enough to keep compete with any um, team in the nation. So I think USC will be fine on the hardwood – or, excuse me, on the, on the gridiron. Um, mm-hmm. UCLA, on the other hand, I don't really follow them that much as far as – um, how they are, but they've always been, I feel like these last few years, mediocre and like they'll have like maybe seven, eight win team. But mm-hmm. I think for them, uh, maybe a change of, change of scenery into a new conference help because besides your Ohio States and Penn State every now and then, um, Michigan, Michigan's come up, you know, in the last few seasons under Harbaugh, but, you know, UCLA can have a, a chance to not compete for the Big Ten championship, but they could be right in the middle. Make some noise. Make yeah. some noise. Yeah, but I mean, coming from the Pac-12, the Pac-12, I feel like they were higher on the pecking order over there than they would be in the Big Ten. Um, yes, and great. then the second half of your question, were you talking about Texas and OU going to the SEC? Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the pedigree, the championship well, pedigree that is associated with the SEC. We haven't seen Texas be Texas, obviously, since right. Vince Young left. Um, but but, and, but, and but the Manning kid. Yeah, we talk about. I mean, <laughs> Texas fans are going crazy. Like they're getting these five star commits, four star commits left and right. Ever since Arch, like our last episode, I think they're up to number two in the recruiting ranks. But you could talk recruits all day. Like I talk with yep. USC, obviously. But we, I mentioned oh, USC. Like Leak and Riley proved it on the field with Oklahoma. Uh, they Texas has to prove it. Like they're gonna prove it. Every year is a prove it year for them. It's been that way for a very long time. Correct. We've seen a lot of hopes and a lot of unsuccessful seasons and a lot of hype from fans, unfortunately. And that's all they have to go with, unfortunately. But the, the point still remains. You get, It's all fun and games. You're going to have the nice, the coolest little sneakers you have. But as soon as you pull up to that field, um, you better be ready to play. Somebody's going to punch you in the mouth several times. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. So – I mean, those they got to be ready to play. SEC, obviously, the premier conference in college football. It's obviously, you know, coming in there, you got to get, get ready to compete because every week's a dogfight in that conference. And so every single um, I think the most interesting thing about all of this is how, obviously, I'm in, intertwined with the Big 12 with, with Baylor, but what? we think that rumors are putting it that they're going to, eventually get to two mega conferences. Um, so where does that leave those teams in the Big 12? This is thinking down the road, but 
Maybe right. if the Big 12 can get to 16 teams, but like I said, by getting those Pac-12 teams that are left behind, mm-hmm. maybe they can get enough money to be sustainable and not right. have those merges. But yeah, it'll when we <laughs> when we pop open that uh, college football next year on the video game, it's gonna be Bruh. a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of interesting uh, alignments, realignments, so to speak. And so, um, yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see but yeah this was crazy this this broke twitter today social media all in general just for this to happen so quickly but i love it everything happening behind the scenes obviously progressed this thing to now and so yeah man usc ucla to the big 10 from the pac-12 starting in 2024 and the other big news dane coming pac-10 again did I say Pac-10? Pac-12. No, 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 no. I'm, I said, I guess they're going back to the Pac-10 again. <laughs> it was just a joke. Get pack, getting packed yeah. up, so to speak. <laughs> smoking at USC. Smoking at USC. It's horrible. Oh, man. Um, You're so corny. Number seven, Kevin Durant requests trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to read this from the article or the, the article, the athletic Brooklyn's oh Nets, Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant has requested a trade. The 33 year old Ford who just completed his third year with the Nets is under contract through the 2025, 2026 season after signing a four year, $198 million extension just last year. The former league MVP averaged 29.9 points and seven rebounds per game last season. Request comes hours before the start of free agency and three days after his teammate Kyrie Irving opted into his player option. Um, Durant was monitoring the organization's situation prior to Irving's opt-in. And it's being said that his preferred destinations are uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. Apparently more than half the league has reached out to Brooklyn about Kevin Durant, which makes sense because... When healthy, he's arguably one of the best players in the league. I don't think there's a big question about that. Um, what what did you think about this? Was this a surprise to you when you first saw it, considering just, you know, a day or so ago, Ky- Kyrie Irving had opted in? My immediate thought was, all right, am I reading this correctly? Uh, I didn't happen to get an update or a tweet from one of those spam accounts that puts these, you know, little Photoshop pictures together and then their titles. And I... Once I realized that it was indeed real, I was like, wow. Just a minute ago, like Kyrie's like, let's run it back. And now it's like KD, I guess, coming to his senses, knowing that this is not going to be sustainable and I need to plant my feet somewhere else. So I don't know what that looks like for Kevin. Um, but, of course, we can expect two things. We can expect him to ball out wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And we can expect a lot of our talking heads to speak on this and then Kevin get offended, take oh, it to yeah. Twitter. And then people get offended about Kevin getting offended and taking it to Twitter and taking it to Twitter. Yeah, and one of our other topics that got scrapped was all of these talking heads versus the players the last few days. With oh, my God. Stephen A. Smith versus Kyrie, Kirk <laughs> versus Draymond, Skip versus Russ. Um, but besides that, bro, yeah, the, the Kevin Durant thing, man, it'll be – he spent three years in Brooklyn. Um and there's all feel like it. yeah, I, I was just gonna say that as I was reading that, it didn't really feel like it. But as far as what people say about him as a person, as far as him, you know, going to Golden State and winning those rings, which 
I did not agree with the move. I don't think a lot of people agree with the move, but right. I had this argument with Bo the other day. A Golden Star Warrior fan, right? The go the somewhat allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> although Love you, Bo. He couldn't tell me who their assistant coach was. But we'll talk about that later. He said it don't matter. He said it don't matter. They argued me down that day, but um, there's no argument that Kevin Durant was the best player on that team when he was on that team, right? right? Two MVP finals MVPs. Um, like he, when they needed a bucket, that's that's what Kevin Durant is—a walking yeah. bucket, a seven foot tall, dribbling walking bucket. He can get a bucket when he needs to get a bucket. And on those two years when he was with Golden State, when those they won those two rings, mm-hmm. um, oh wait, he was on he was a Golden State for three years, right? Because one year he, he got hurt, hurt the Achilles situation, right, right. So when they won those two titles, he was the best team, best player on those teams. But mm-hmm. I think with this Kyrie situation, with everything that we talked about with Kyrie Irving, and reports are saying that he's still in good spirits or like him and Kyrie are still cool, but I think he's, he's fed up with what, you know, what Kyrie Irving put (laughs) through the team this season. And I don't blame him for trying to get out. And like, it's a different age. And we always talk about how it's different nowadays with, you don't see those players staying in situations longer than they have to. You see players taking control of their own destiny, so to speak. And so, man, this is, this is right up there with, LeBron leaving for Miami on shock level oh, for me. The, the decision up there with the decision, bro. Because with that, and and I want to connect that too. Because ever okay. since that move that he made, leaving Cleveland to mm-hmm. go team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, like you've always seen these big seismic changes where players want to play with other players. And I won't say if it's right or wrong, but. You, you see that now more than ever these past 10 years, right? You have all these, right. you know, a player to team up with, a player to compliment you to try to go chase a championship ring. And I think for, for Durant, I think he's always been – I think at one point he wanted to kind of prove where he could do it, like on his own accord as far as everything everybody said about him joining Golden State and going to win a ring, but – I think this move for him is, I mean, he's about to be 34 now. And so I think this move for him is trying to um, kind of get towards winning one on his own. But I think at the same time, he he just wants to hoop. But I think all the circus around Kyrie kind of put him at a point where he, he wanted to just leave Brooklyn, man. Hmm. I don't know. You said an interesting thing. And maybe we could circle back to this at some other time if it's more convenient. But the idea of players leaving to go join up, um, forming an Avengers-like team and <laughs> running for a championship. It's an interesting topic. Uh, you know, depending on how old you are, depending who you're listening to, some people might have some issues with it because that's just not the way the game was intended to go. Or back in my day, we did this and did that. And it's just a, I don't want to say it's a sensitive topic, but I think it's a, a multifaceted, multi-layered topic because on one hand, people like, People that are on podcasts or have podcasts like us, um, or professionals that have podcasts like us, they'll you know go on live TV and they'll say things like, "This player can't be considered a Hall of Fame or a great because he doesn't have a ring." But in another breath, 
I'm not saying the same people say this, but in another breath, you have some of the same people that believe some of the same ideologies will simply say that a player's ring that they earned while joining forces with other players of you know high caliber or considerably worthless or are less valued. So it's an interesting topic, but at the end of the day, they all have one goal in mind, every single last one of them. And that's just to be the best. And how do you be the best is you beat the best. And to beat the best, the people that do it, they're considered champions. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's what's in store for Kevin, but I know that wherever he goes, criticism is still going to follow because there's always going to be something that they talk about him, um, talk about regarding him and his play style and, and what he's accomplished at this point. But I don't know. I don't know where we go um, in terms of this conversation, but I like the conversation because it brings out some really good points. But also, we just got to remember at the end of the day that we put ourselves in those situations. We put ourselves in those shoes. We'd be chasing the same thing. Yeah. The same thing, in my opinion. I'll put you on the spot again. Um, What's up? So, there's reports that he wants to go to either Miami or Phoenix. What mm-hmm. team does he go end up with? It's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint. It's, it's so unpredictable mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I'd almost say go go to the Heat because Phoenix, I don't know what they would want in exchange for him. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the Nets would want in exchange for him, and that might be. The Nets, are supposedely, they want to start, start with Booker. And Chris Booker, not Chris Booker, sorry. Devin Booker. <laughs> the Nets want to start with shout Devin out, Booker. Shout out to the homie Chris yeah. Booker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out to Chris Booker. <laughs> 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 That's made Chris Booker. But uh, apparently the – the starting point for the Nets, if they were to trade him to Phoenix, is Devin Booker, who right. Shams, who Shams Sharani, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's a automatic. The man was the man has been on fire today. With, he's 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 Woj esque, yeah. as some might say. Yeah, it's so funny when people kind of put them pit them against yeah. each other. You know they see it, and you know you know right. they got to compete against each other. But got to. follow Shams. Shams had tweeted that um, Phoenix is in the works to sign. Devin Booker to a four-year max contract, which would take him off. He couldn't be traded this season if that were to happen. And so Mm -hmm. you would think that would take Phoenix out of the market, but at the same time, they can trade DeAndre Aiden, who they said they kind of said they weren't bringing back, so to speak. Yeah, I don't Um, know how that's going to work. Yeah, man. So um, Miami, you got to give up. Like, it's Kevin Durant, so you got to give up somebody big. And the biggest piece they have is Jimmy Butler, but – Jimmy just led them to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before he led them to the finals in the bubble. And oh wait, two years ago to the finals. Uh, whenever the bubble, yeah, the bubble season that ended. But like you, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. I, I say I reason why I say the heat more than anything is because I could see KD balling alongside Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets, because you need somebody with that dog mentality that's not going. They need a player like KD. Any team could use a player like KD, obviously. But you see, you saw what happened when when Butler went out the game and wasn't able to play um, because of you know being held back and limited because of injury. Like it, it was, it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch. But for me, at least. I think it's within the realm of possibilities because the the Miami Heat they've made moves like this in the past. Um, obviously, the Phil- Philadelphia Suns, the Phoenix Suns, they have a really, 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 really 
uh, courageous and effective front office. So maybe they can swing something their way as well. But if I'm Kevin Durant, which I'm not, but if I'm Kevin Durant, let's see what's cracking in line. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I was going to say free agency is on hold because of that, but there have been crazy amount of signings and I'm just going to go down. Yeah, with the maps. yeah I'm going, yeah. I'm going down the Shams timeline here to, I feel like that's the <laughs> easiest way to kind of get a glimpse on what has happened in a crazy day in the NBA. Um, Dane said it off the top, Jalen Brunson deciding to uh, take his talents to New York. The Knicks signing a four year, $104 million deal. I believe with the Knicks leaving the Mavs in the dust mm. as a Mavs fan, of course it hurts. He played, incredibly well in the regular season it even took his game to the next level in the playoffs big part of the playoff run especially starting off because we didn't have Luca for like the first two or three games in those games he right. established himself he won he basically I think he got that bag those two games was it that second or third game like game he two just... he dropped 40 I think against yeah. Utah um but he got himself the bag congrats to him um Couple of other signings. I'm just gonna read them right off my phone. <laughs> um, oh, the, the trade from yesterday: Spurs trading Dejounte Murray to Atlanta. That's a big one. Uh, Royce O'Neal, the Baylor Bear, tra- gets traded to Brooklyn. Woo! Free agency started, and we got the Spurs. Um, former Spurs Lonnie Walker going to the Lakers. Dane. Uh, two-time MVP Nikola Jokic getting the Supermax from the Nuggets, five-year, $264 million. I had mentioned that the Suns are offering Devin Booker the max at four-year, $214 million. These are crazy contracts. Uh, Malik Monk, former Laker, signing with the Kings. We got Victor Oladipo signing back with the Heat. P.J. Tucker leaving Miami, signing a three-year deal to reunite with James Harden. This time they're going to be in Philly for three years, $33 million. Bobby Porter's going back to Milwaukee on a four-year, $49 million deal. Um, I'm announcing the big ones as they as they as I scroll down the timeline. I was waiting for the big one, the big one that I saw. Did I say it already? You already said uh, Bradley? Oh, Bradley Bill, right. Five years. Um, it was the max deal. I don't know the exact, I don't have it in front of me, but yes, it's big. It's like two fifty plus. Two, yeah. Two fifty. How do you feel about that, bro? A lot of people, and it's a, it's a, it's a fine line between or what I saw on Twitter, so to speak, chasing the bag and, and being competitive. We know how the Wizards have been the past few seasons. I feel like he, him and Dame are in the same situation where it's like, Hey, blink twice if you want to leave. And it's like, <laughs> And then you situations like this come up, it's like, yeah. I saw a tweet from my so, my boy Dex. He said, "I don't want to see no more free Bradley Bill t- tweets." <laughs> hey, that man chose his fate. Hey, he got the bag, and hey, I mean, at that point, gener- generational wealth times a lot. So shout out to him for that. But it still makes you wonder, like those narratives or those situations where he, players like him and Dame won't speak on. Well, do you you know? Do you see yourself going to another team, you know, where you can have the opportunity to, you know, realistically win a ring? And, you know, the the humble guy response, you know, that's not up to me. Here's where I want to be at. I love this team. I love this city that's embraced me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Shout out to him. If me in that situation, I'm getting that 250. You feel me? You I'm going to get the 250. <laughs> you dig. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doing that. 
But I also understand that people are like, you know what, nah, this place isn't for me. I need to go, you know, I need to go run it back with another team or, you know, I, I get it. it. It's it's a slippery slope either side of the fence you try to be on, but the grass is always greener. The grass is always greener. Because then, Bill, let's say he goes to another team. Let's say he goes and, quote, unquote, like people say, ring chasing, and then he wins the ring. People want to talk down on like that. So it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword. People, yeah, people are always going to, you know, always to talk about what you do or what you decide to do if it's, right. you know, ring chase, get the bag. But, I mean, obviously you do what's best for you and your family, all that good things. But, yeah, uh, generation, generational wealth, as you as you would say it, bro. But, yeah, those are the big stories. I'm scrolling Twitter just to make sure before we get yeah before we get out of our sports segment um and i don't see anything dane anything you see bro as soon as they move on i don't see anything else either all right all right so we'll we'll go ahead and head to Nerdy news segment brought to you by. Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. Nerdy news segment, Dane. I don't think we've ever gotten to talk about the boys on the pod. Besides, uh, hey, y'all should check out the boys. Yeah, um, and by the time this episode comes back comes out on Friday, it'll be uh, episode seven, I believe. And coming off of episode six. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, mature audience alert. Um, I don't even know what else kind of alerts. So if you don't care about the boys, if you have kids under the age of, uh, say 16, 15, maybe maybe lower than that, uh, and they're listening to this pod, I suggest either, hey, we're going to listen to the rest of this later or, you know, have that discussion. Mm -hmm. If you know what the boys is about, know what happened in this previous episode. Um, where to start? Okay, yeah, I I know where to start. The deep you was disgusting. You should be locked up and put underneath the prison because yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah, I might have to. There, when I edit the pod and submit it on Anchor, there's an option to make this episode, like each episode, explicit or you know, like non-explicit. We can we can, we can shy away from it. We don't have okay. to go into any type all of right. detail. We won't do it like that. All. Yeah, we ain't gotta go into detail, but if you ain't watched it, watch it because he's that boy is disgusting. You should be I will say the episode title is called Herogasm. So take that mm-hmm. into consideration. But on a on a more wide scale aspect of the boys, um this show I was I w- I think it's an easy argument that it's the best show on television right now. Arguably, and each week it's WTF moments left and right. And so this show does come from a comic book, and it's interesting to me. This show, and I think we were talking about this with Keith when he was on because he had not seen it. Now Keith is all caught up on the boys, and he's hooked on it, I believe. I I know he likes that. (laughs) I think I saw him tweet about it a couple times, but I think when he was on the podcast with us, we had kind of mirrored it to Invincible. 
Mm. It's, I think this yeah. is like the live action version of Invincible. If people haven't seen that, it's also on Prime Video. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, right. And um, it, it's incredible television, man. And not getting into Spoilerville, but the acting in this show from um, dang, what is us uh, uh, Homelander's real Anthony Starr. I am fearful for my real life when I watch him on the television. Like, what he does with his eyes, his acting with his eyes are incredible. And I know I'm speaking, like, very, like... Well, he be, he be tweaking. He be... Bro, I think he finna come through the television for me. <laughs> but scared. Um, you scared of a dude that got to wear the little uh, inbuilt, the boot-in heels because he's so short. Yeah. You scared of that dude. Hey. I'm just saying, if I was in, okay, let me change. If I was in that universe, I'm not crossing Homelander. But is there any other aspect that comes out to you when you watch this this uh, show? For me, it's like it's frustration because every we see all the way from the first season how a bunch of built up anger and animosity they, they have towards the soups, but they have the golden opportunity to finally reached the freaking peak of success and it blows up in their face almost literally. So it is going to be an interesting season. I don't know how this is going to go in terms of getting, possibly getting rid of one bad guy because it seems like the devil they know is always, you know, the better option because there's no telling what's going to happen if or when Homelander is no longer existing on the show. Who's going to be there? That's going to be much worse than to make your skin Green's, the, the grass is not always green on the other side, right? That's that's exactly. a, a great way to put it because I'm, you know, as the audience, like you love Homelander, like what he brings to the show. At the same time, you right. hate him because like this guy's an asshole, right? Like, and that's, and that's shout out to the actor. Yeah, shout out to the actor for bringing that out of you. He's doing such a good job convincing you that he's a pile of heaping crap. That man. uh, I really hate this dude. Yeah. Maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that this dude's doing, he, he's doing a really good acting job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Jamie Foxx. <laughs> uh, this is not real. Yeah. See me, that's you. And this is you. And he hauled off and hit me. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I've always had that, you know, they had, they got um, Soldier <laughs> Soldier Boy is so funny, man. Just. <laughs> Yeah, when I automatically think about it's the so, rapper Soldier yeah. Boy, then, but you know, the scene with Soldier Boy where they, you know, try to kill Homelander or whatever. That was epic. That was a great scene. When he, when he like, he thought he did something. When he knocked, uh, he killed, uh, or when he thought he killed Butcher, and then Butcher yeah. got up and he's like, Yeah. And then the, I was like, Oh! Yeah. So, yeah. It, it. <sighs> You know Homelander is just like I don't ever see him getting defeated. Like it's building right. up to where they they're getting all these weapons or whatever, so to speak, getting all this help. They got Soldier Boy, mm-hmm. and you just know Homelander always has something up, up his sleeve. Like right, he lost he ahead. lost the Nazi Stormfront, and like he's unhinged. Like you've seen, like you said, you've seen the buildup of him being he's running Vought. being unhinged. <laughs> he's running Vought now. <laughs> Um, it's just like he's unhinged, and so like I don't put anything past him, and I would not be surprised where we see a scenario where he still comes out on top at the end of season three if we get to yep. that point. You know what I'm saying? 
Question for you. <laughs> is it not the funniest shit? The Huey's power is like the funniest, most humiliating stuff you ever see. And he's happy. Like, he's so happy to have <laughs> you know? He's it's so, so happy. like, bro, it's so fitting for him to be humiliated every time he uses his power. Like, it's so fitting, like, perfect. And it's every time we see this dude on camera, like, man, it's Dennis Quaid's kid. Like, I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to save you, talking to Starlight. (laughs) I don't need to be saved. Oh, gosh. Yeah, man. But yeah, I know by the time this episode's out, uh, actually, while we're, don't they drop Thursday nights? I think they drop Thursday nights now. So while I record, the new episode will probably be out by now. But um, (laughs) we can talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. The, uh, (laughs) The boys, definitely incredible television. If you haven't watched it already and you're not afraid of a little guts, a little gore, a little mature content. Definitely one of the best shows you could check out. Um, and in Marvel News, Dane, we will not be able to talk about Thor Love and Thunder till next week. Uh, the movie right. does drop next week, but kind of your thoughts on what to expect um, from this movie and what it means for the larger scope of Phase 4 coming from what we saw with uh, Doctor Strange and what we're seeing now with Miss Marvel, which we talked about last week. Um, I've tried to stay away from trailers as much as possible. Um, I tried to, I wanted to, the first time I wanted to see, um, Gore the God Butcher's character, I wanted to see him in theater, like the first time the reveal, but of course that, I, that spoiled for me. I, some comic book account tweeted what he looked like and I'm like, well, dang, now I know what he looks like, mm-hmm. but I've only watched one trailer. The first trailer is the only one I want to watch. Other than that, I've been in the dark, but shout out to Thor, the character, um, this is the fourth movie. This is the first Marvel movie with a fourth installment, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much screen time he's had versus everyone else, but I'm curious to see how they progress with this particular character in the role and then the mantle that's taken up um, because of the popularity uh, of this person. And, and typically, when you talk about popularity, it tends to get expensive. Um, and if that is that a commitment that Marvel's willing to make? Because, I mean, obviously, to me, it's worth every penny because he is the embodiment of uh, Odin's son, yeah, he he, that is him. Every time you see Chris Hemsworth, no matter what movie he's in, whatever movie he's you see him in in, in Netflix, I was like, hey, what's up, Thor? What's he doing? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm ex- I don't I don't know what to expect. But one of one of the curiosities I have is who is going to die. There has mm-hmm. to be a significant death or departure, and I don't know what that's going to look like. Who is coming from? But when you have someone, an enemy or a villain that um, I don't know specializes in killing gods it's kind of like hmm, where is this going yeah. so i think the best thing kevin feige did was hiring taika watiti to take over the thor series uh those four those first two thor movies are an afterthought like whenever you do yeah. an mcu especially that second one yeah whenever you do an mcu rewatch like for the most part i don't even watch those movies because of I like I didn't give a, I didn't care about Thor at all. I, don't, I think a lot of people feel the same way. But when he took over and Thor Ragnarok um, came out, it was a great movie. Um, and it seems like Taika obviously has a lot of his fingerprints in on this movie. Seeing from the trailers, the colorfulness, the um, you know Marvel's always going to have those jokes, so you just roll with that. But um, he's like the rebirth of the Thor character and how he's seen on screen. So I'm excited to kind of see another rendition of that. Um, oh. and then in the, in the trailer, bro, uh, I did see one tweet 
um, this was weeks ago, but when they were saying when they test screen uh, Gore, yeah, through test audience through Gore, that he tested higher, like the highest testing villain. And you know, Mm. the crazy MCU villains that we've had with Thanos, obviously, with Killmonger, Ultron. Ultron, and Gore has tested the highest. And I had tweeted something about it. And I think I mentioned it on the pod about, oh, Gore about to do some numbers in this movie. And like you had mentioned, who's going to be on the other end of receiving that is the question. And the uh, overall pushing forward in the narrative of the MCU and what 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 they're planning to do in this phase. Question for you. Who's your favorite villain in terms of, man, I really don't like this dude. Um, the actor did a hell, either the actor did a hell of a job or the team that was responsible Thanos. for putting that mythos out. Okay. Thanos, man, gotcha. like generational villain. Like you can you can take you could probably take Thanos to a person that hasn't watched the MCU film and they would know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spanned two movies, right? He killed Avengers essentially, even though they were brought back to life, but he. He put a footprint on the MCU. Like he changed the course of the MCU forever from what he did. And I think that is why he, he took the spot for me over a Killmonger or over uh, who else did we have as a Ultron. Ultron was only a movie, but like what Thanos did and how menacing and how he like Infinity War could easily be named Thanos. Like it could be like you know what I'm saying the self-titled movie that brought you Thanos. Right, right. it could be called, it was yeah. his origin and his it was his movie. Like he won, yeah. right? Like how we see our heroes win in the end. He won for a whole year. We thought Buddy won. Yeah, or essentially he did win, but for a whole year we had to sit there with that dumb look on our face, like where are our heroes? Mm-hmm. The people that are supposed to save us. For a whole year, they really, they really did. When you go back and think about it, they really did that. Yeah, they really did a whole, a whole year, year. We had to wait for justice like that. <laughs> the man, the man, the man put in work. Like, and nice. so, like, I come back to if they saying Gore is, you know, who higher than what you know Thanos was, and that's that's something to uh, look forward to on that aspect. But, um. Yeah, we got the Guardians obviously in this movie. Oh yeah, that's right. um, huh? I said, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got the Guardians. We got Corgi Meek. We got Valkyrie. We're gonna get Natalie Portman as Lady Thor. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a lot to look forward to in this movie. Of course, like we mentioned, Taika Waititi doing his thing. I'm excited to see it. Um, excited to always, of course, stay after and see the post credit scenes and see how it connects to the next project. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, obviously, you know by now, you don't leave after the movie's over. You, you stay through the credits. I'm assuming it'll be yeah. two credits um, like it usually is. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that when it comes out next week. Um, and then before I get to the DC animated stuff, Dane, uh, Marvel Studios also announced that they'll be at S. DCC, which is the Comic Con next month in uh, San Diego, Diego. um, where they're going to announce a lot more projects. So we could see Fantastic Four, I'm thinking, Um, maybe Daredevil, maybe a Wolverine project, Uh, maybe a Doctor Doom um, project. Uh, Maybe we get some, yeah, some. Well, Blade, ha- yeah, Blade hasn't some started. Footage, yeah. Some footage at least. Yeah, some footage. I think or it's filming something. yet. Blade hasn't started. 
Um, Ironheart has started. Uh, but I'm looking forward to some casting announcements. It'd be cool to see who they if they announce maybe Fantastic Black Four. Panther too. But we definitely could see some footage. That's supposed to be out in November, so it wouldn't surprise me to see that. How the hell are they gonna do this? Yeah, I still don't know. Still, I'm very nervous about that movie, man. I am yeah, very I nervous. It's, people are gonna flock to it though. Yeah. People are gonna flock to it in remembrance of Chadwick. So yeah. For sure. That, that'll be next month. Um, and then, yeah, dang, the DCEU animated universe. I finally locked in. I had already seen um, Justice League. Uh, what's, what's the first one? With Flashpoint Paradox. Watch that. Uh, I rewatched Justice League War because um, I had to remember what happened. That's basically the origin, or this is basically a blueprint of what they use in the live action. Um, Batman versus Superman. No, oh, wait, the Justice League movie. Some of some of it when yeah. you get when you get through the end of it, you'll realize a lot of the yeah. source materials. Like, oh, yeah. Well, maybe if they just stuck to using this, they would be better. But yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. And then I watched Son of Batman. Incredible. That was, that was really good. Um, and then I like I'm reading off the uh the actual order, so I see that was with uh Damien, right? And, and then I see yeah, Damien, I, Damien is a show stealer, bro. Damien, Damien is the truth, man. It was good to I see, can't wait to see. Uh, yeah. Grayson Nightwing show up as well. Um, mm-hmm. Raza Ghoul, Talia Ghoul, Dead, or I was gonna call him Deadpool, Deathstroke. Um, <laughs> that was a good one, and I have not started yet, Dan, but I'm, I'm on the cusp of starting uh the next Justice League movie, which introduces Aquaman, I believe. Okay, nice. That was a good one. That was okay. a good one. So I'm excited. Yeah. And this these movies are an hour or so long. Nice. I mean, it's not incredibly it long. Takes, it's it's, it's takes, good to watch it, through. So. It, some of them start a little bit slow, but yeah. once they once they get the throwing hands, it's, hey, it's a wrap. It's Dark Side went crazy in uh, Justice League War, bro. They they yeah. had to go all out on him. It, it took a full yeah. team effort. Like, he was... Even after his eyes were gouged out, he was... <laughs> I'm like, man, this because Karina was kind of watching it with me on the side. Like, man, this man still going home with no eyes, <laughs> no eyes. But uh, yeah, it, it's everything that you had mentioned, bro. I'm excited to finally dive into it. I, I texted Dane. I was like, I, I won't let you down, bro. So I'm gonna try to knock out a few. <laughs> like, I looked at it. Time. I looked at the preview because I was happy. Like, yeah, whatever. And I woke <laughs> up the next morning. I was like, was that? Was I dreaming about that? It really happened. I looked at the oh snap. It really did. He really did. I, I didn't do that. But yeah, man, uh, excited to continue on to that. And like that reminds me with obviously with everything with Ezra Miller going on right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure DCU live action has extremely dropped the ball. These solo projects aside, like the Batman was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Joker was really good. But when they try to establish this DCEU and, you know, the casting dropout, we don't know what's going on with Henry Cavill, Superman, like what I'm watching right now, just do that, but on the on yep. the screen. That's the same thing. <laughs> that's the same thing. Demarc and myself always talk about. Like if they would literally just, I, yeah, I don't care it. if it's word for word, bar right. for bar, word. For bar. <laughs> just lift it off the animation and just throw it up just there. Pick up the cusps of the mug. Throw it. Throw some money in it because you got the money. Yeah. Incredible, man! How how they've dropped the ball on that one, bro. Fumbled the bag, fumbled, fumbled the, bag. the bag. But yeah, man. Um, and then the the last story, Dane. Before we get out of here, appreciate everybody. Obviously, that's 
rocking with us in episode 90. Um, we had talked about next year, Dane, the EA Sports college football game will be coming out in July. Um, no matter how we feel about EA Sports, we talked about that on the Madden side of things. Um, but there was an article that's come out from Bucks Wire USA Today that EA Sports is reaching out to schools about the game. Um, the article says EA Sports is still planning on releasing their new newest college football game next July. And despite most fans expecting a delay, as is standard in the video game industry, all signs point to the game being released on time. As time passes, more more leaks are being revealed in the mind of Matt Brown at Extra Points have provided some interesting tidbits recently in regard to how specific EA Sports wants to get with their in-game atmosphere. And this is a tweet from Matt Brown EP on Twitter. He says, according to documents I've inspected, and he has these three little bullet points, EA Sports College Football is still slated for July 23 release. They are trying to get more school-specific audio, like chants, cheers, etc., and school payouts range from a little over 100K to 10K. So they have these, mm. basically, long story short, they have these tiers based upon if you're a big school or a small school, the biggest schools get the biggest payouts. Um, and they've tiered it in these sort of ways, depending on how big the school is, how much they'll get um, for being a participant in this game. Um, and then I think the coolest part about this, Dane, uh, the, the school specific chants, so like for Ohio State, the Ohio chants, uh, any school specific chant that you can think of, EA Sports is trying to get into the game. They're asking schools to send audio versions of these specific chants, cheers, things like that. I think that's pretty cool. If they can't incorporate this right, um, hmm. another thing is the same team that's working on Madden isn't the same team that's working on NCAA which Good. is a positive. Uh, yes. We know another positive, Dane, people from the college football revamped uh, mod that we enjoy. A lot of those people, a few of those people got poached by EA to work on the game, so they kind of know what the people Good. want. Um, but I think it's, this is a cool bit of positive information regarding the game that we hope EA Sports can nail on some aspect of it. Still uh, cautiously optimistic, though. I don't think there. I, I strongly believe there will be a delay. That does not make any sense to me that they oh, will be okay. able to fully launch this in July. Like you're telling me this time next year, yeah. this time next year, you're telling me that. They, yeah. And the only hope that I have that they stick to it is because it's like, how beautiful would that be to get a college football game weeks before, or weeks before the season? Mm-hmm. Like that is a dream. Yeah, it's a dream. But I just can't see. I cannot see that. I can't see it. Like, like, yeah, there's not been one, one. We've seen these reports and leaks from these reporters, but we haven't. I think the the pessimistic part about it, like you mentioned, we haven't seen anything from EA themselves promoting it. Don't um, expect anything for those clowns. Yeah, they, you, you know the thing. The great is people are still out here buying those games as well, Deontay. It's just, a, it's just a shame. It's just Why a you gotta shame. take a shot at me, bro? I, I told you I consume content from EA Sports. Oh. Because oh, of the talking. content for the pod, I gotta let the pod people know how the game is, so they can decide if they want to get the game or not. Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, I appreciate your noble sacrifice. <laughs> uh, as 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 idiotic as it might be, um, I appreciate it on behalf of those who are boycotting this piece of garbage product. <laughs> enjoy those microtransactions, my friend. Oh, I ain't paying for that, bro. 
<laughs> hey, that mutt team. You, you told know. me about the mutt team a long time ago, and I was like, yeah, whatever. And I finally played it like four or five years ago. I'm like, man, this is good. How do I get better? And I went to the little card thing, and I was like, oh. You gotta actually pay for this. Yeah, gotta call for that money. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. That's how they got. That's how they make their money. That's why all the other the franchise mode sucks so bad because all the money is all the effort they put into making sure that pay for play mode is is doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, not me, baby. Not me, baby. Well, that is episode 90 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Um, As a lot of you know, I am headed to Connecticut next week. So I will say this. For those that have been rocking with us, please appreciate you so much for rocking with us. Don't know when we'll be able to get our next episode. (laughs) We know we're going to record. We just don't know when that money is going to come out. We don't come out next week or the week after. Please be patient with us as I am literally driving across the country and trying to get everything set up. So um, we will get back to you. We'll get back to you when we get back to you. But um, appreciate everybody for rocking with us. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Dane, what are YouTube people say? Hey, man, thanks for stopping by the channel, man. Make sure you hit that follow, like, and subscribe to get all the exclusive content. They tell you that. And you don't get none of the exclusive content into the last 15 seconds of a 45-minute video. Fortunately for y'all, y'all don't get that with us. We we You get 100% of the content 100% of the time. So hit that follow, like, and subscribe. Give us five stars. and We appreciate it. And we, we love that y'all rocking with us, man. Exactly. We rocking with y'all. Episode 90, man. 90. Rocking with y'all. 9-0. We 10, 10 episodes from 100, man. Ooh, they ain't messing with us, bro. Appreciate everybody for rocking with us. I'm Deontay. He's Dane. We out. Episode 90. Peace. Still looking like I'm flicking people off. I wasn't. I'm not flicking nobody off. It's like my fingers are like this. And I realized I was going like this. So it looked like. Look like. It's like, yeah. Nah, but I'm not. The do what? The do what?